Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Danny and Dusty. Merangatang is going to be a thing. You're not coining anything new. With Danny Merang and Dusty, the fan man Hera. All throws and monkey sounds in there called go. The old like Danny Merang pie. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. Yeah. This is going to be awesome. The Fan. Good afternoon. Hey, happy Thursday, everybody. Danny and Dusty with you. We got the sunshine in here, and you know why? It's the start of spring training. The great state of Oregon knows baseball is starting, Mm. and so we'll get this. We usually always get it. Nice day on the opening day of spring training. Nice day on opening day of the actual season, and we're all like, hey, Baseball would definitely work here, and then it's going to rain every day in between in now between, and then. Yeah. But it, the, the the weather gods know we want baseball in Portland. But also, that's why spring training's in Arizona and Florida. That's right. I've got a question about this spring training. Mm. We've talked about the jerseys, the Fanatics jerseys being oh, hunks of garbage. getting killed because yeah. they're see-through. Well, their pants are see-through. Like just in normal photographs, and here's my question: and The Dodgers are wearing they're they're wearing their gray pants as we got our first spring training game getting underway. Yeah, their road team they're going to wear the grays. But what is going to happen when I don't know? It's like ninety degrees in Chavez Ravine. They're wearing their white uniforms. You get a little butt sweat going, and those things are real see through. And look, there's at least one Giambi esque player out there. That's either going Golden Thong or Al Fresco. One hundred. But you got to wear the cup. You got to wear the cup. You got to wear the cup. There's guys that don't. No, there's those guys, guys are psychopaths. That's how, that that's how the Mariners have more ruptured testicles than playoff yeah, wins. Exactly, and that's what I mean. There's plenty of guys that don't. This is ridiculous. Well, I'm. I, this is going to be something I'm going to be tracking. I'll I, track it for the people. I bet you Nike right now is slamming jerseys out from last year. Behind the scenes, oh, they're just reproducing the ones and in, in putting them all out there. Absolutely, there's no yeah. way we get into opening day with these jerseys. None. Well, uh, Arizona and Florida, you're going to get some butt sweat going in these spring training games. And and it, the photos will be, and it might be the best thing possible taken. for fans in the sense of like not just what mm, they see, maybe the players, but it will cause an uproar, and people that, that will get the mm. them to make change this. That's funny. The closest thing I can remember to this is when the NBA first tried to change basketballs. Oh, yeah. And the players were like, hell no. Wrong. No. Wrong. You know what's really Wrong. interesting? I uh, This is going to somehow turn into a drop. I was at the game well, somehow? On, yeah. I have a good I, idea, I was, idea how. Uh, that guy. Last couple of games, just getting out there early, um, coaches or, or, or players have, have kind of, you know, just jokingly passed the ball to me. You know, catching the new balls with the, that material it's they're slick in, unless they are really broken in and they only have so many that they use for game balls because the difference between one that is really broken in 
versus like the ones they take off the rack for, for like shoot arounds and stuff like that. They're entirely different. Like there's the, the, the feel of them is so like, how can this be the same ball that you use for the, for the game? Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's the same thing when you guys in football, when you kind of, you know, work them up, but it's very weird how, just how different they are for basketball where you don't think that it would have that much of an impact, Yes, but it's massively different. Uh, yeah. Well, I just thought it was weird. That's an interesting take on uniforms. I know. <laughs> I was like, where, where are we no, going to stick to no, landing? No, I, didn't, I wasn't going it's uniforms. It's just weird. It They're was, just, it was, it was just like very the, slick. But yeah. the, the the just the subtleties and, and the things that matter to players. Yeah, this and, is going and to this be is going to matter game. to players. That that there you go. Suck I'm here landing. for it. We have. Uh, I remember I went to a game with my my uncle. We went to a Giants game when I was a kid. And through his work, he scored tickets that were like second row right above the Giants dugout. And I'll never forget Barry Bonds was in the batter's box. And, you know, Barry Bonds, he wore the tight pants. And this, oh, yeah. is, this was even in like the late or mid-90s. Mm-hmm. This was probably like... When when they were... 97-ish. Hanging over the cleats baggy. But this is before his head was like that much bigger. The size of... Like, you know, well, like Mr. we're getting Island a frame statue. of reference of yeah. how big Barry was, but he was still jacked and he wears tight pants. We were close enough to where my aunt, Nancy, she she goes, oh my God, I could see his jock strap. And Barry Bonds was in the on-deck circle and he turned around <laughs> and he gave her like a smile and a nod. And Like, that's the point, sweetheart. The old <laughs> pants, you could see through. Yeah. You could see through the old ones. And you, that was, now they're very see-through. Yeah. All the You can oh, see they, their jerseys tucked yeah, in yeah, through that's them. what I'm saying. Like, you, it's, it's crazy. It's way too much. Yeah. 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 No, these there's not a redemptive quality of these jerseys. Like you like, oh, they breathe better. It's like mm, they look like paper mache. Imagine if that happened back in the seventies when like manscaping wasn't actually a thing yet. Yeah, that's a <laughs> he's, got, he's got the afro sticking out his hat and his <laughs> his pants. Is that what you're saying there, Russ? Yeah, buckwheat and a scissor lock. <laughs> 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 yeah, that could happen. Yeah, that could happen. And leave it. And, for, and, and look at Russ. Players, ru- hey, yeah. that was not you, Danny. No, Russ ruining people's lunch. Twelve oh seven p.m. That was a, that was a quick start by you, Russ. You're welcome. Already, it didn't take the one thirty segment about you know bugs in people's faces, uh, which you got. You got one guy saying Danny. Danny cannot be on the radio during lunch. Yeah, because of that segment, which I warned before. Going to break, then coming back, and then before doing the story. It happens. It'll happen to the best of us. I, I gave as many warnings as I could. All right, we are on YouTube.com slash 1080AMTheFan. Thank you for uh, joining the party and the conversation. We also, the Vancouver Ford text line, 503-864-6326. That is the Vancouver Ford text line. Your dollar goes further at Vancouver Ford. They treat you right before, during, and after the sale. Visit them online at VancouverFord.com. Come. It feels weird that uh, spring training has already started. How does it feel weird? I feel like it should have started already. It's February 22nd. Well, they just reported. Pitchers and catchers just reported. Now we're like, here we are. First game. Dodgers-Padres. Peoria, Arizona. Let's go. They get, what, 10 days to to, to stretch out their arms? The acclimation period. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know. And even then, they're only throwing like an inning or two here. This is how baseball works. We'll forget about it. Well, we'll I'll be like baseball's back today. Forget about it. And then you got March twentieth. I think is the Korea game where 
Otani's going to make his Dodgers debut in the regular quote unquote season. They're going to yeah, they're doing the the uh, overseas series over there. Yeah, why are they? And doing then it? they come back and like a week later, we have actual opening day. Why aren't they doing it in Japan? Oh, because Japan gets those games all the time. This one's probably been on the books for years. Probably would imagine, but like yeah. it seems like with this one in particular. I have a feeling there will be a strong Japanese presence there. Probably. It's a lot It's a lot shorter trip than For L.A. L.A. to Korea? <laughs> uh, why do we call it spring training when only like one of the four or five weeks of the event actually takes place in the spring? When is the official start of spring? Well, like, I, it's I, usually like March 21st, 22nd. If you, ba- if you base it on Puxatani Phil, uh, it's his spring training <laughs> this year. This year. This year. March 19th. Um, which 19th? Puck- yep. That's early. Which Puxatani Phil was... His Super Bowl trend continued. Didn't you have a stat rust before the Super Bowl of when Puxatani yeah. Phil? He was only bat. He's batting like three ninety or something. Yeah, basically. But he he wait what? On, no, on the Super Bowl he, pick, like when oh. Puxatani Phil says it's an early spring. It's like AFC the wins. AFC wins. Yeah, it was like six and zero or seven and zero or something like that. Yes, I think it was. Yeah, yeah like five, yeah, uh, six straight or I don't remember what it was. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah. That now. Believe me, I'm going to use that for my betting next year. I'm going to be. I'm going to go with what the wombat says. I'm going to go with Puxitani Phil, and then we're going to have that. Uh, Vancouver Ford Tech sign says, "Bring back shorts." The White Sox. Ooh, ooh, yeah, that's tough. That was a tough look. Yeah, you're you know, not going to get. That. I was going to wear shorts today, but I was unsure just how much I could trust the weather because I walked outside the other day and it looked nice, and the wind ripped through. Can't trust it, and it was like. What is this? It was yeah. the windshield was like twenty seven. I was like, like a, "That's no, this yeah. is gross." It's like a fart after a Chinese buffet. Can't yeah. trust them. Mm-hmm. You know, you just gotta you're you gotta make sure you're in safe territory. Then, uh, so you better be wearing pants this time of year. It may look nice. It's gonna be brisk and chilly when that wind hits your legs. Speaking of bad farts, brisket and chilly. <laughs> brisket and chili. I said brisk and chili, I but I know where your head's at. It's lunch. <laughs> yeah. Brisket is delicious. Oh, God. good. Brisket is the simplest, best thing that you can screw up the easiest. Hands down. Yeah. Hands down. No, it, it, ask Lincoln Riley because he did it on Easter. That was atrocious. Oh, yeah. no. When I, he was at Oklahoma. Yeah. And he was, was a- like, happy Easter, everybody. And it was like, what did you do to that meat? <laughs> what did you do? Stop. You need yeah. to stop that right now. I love it when you get the gentrified barbecue that shows up. Like with a picture on Twitter of just like the 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 steel lunch plate with the the oh yeah paper down and it's like check out this barbecue and it's the most bland crap you've ever seen. It's like So Brooklyn barbecue gets that a lot. Y- yes. Which stop. You were in New York. Stop! You well, do not. Know. You do not get to have barbecue. I think that, but you have. It has to be stylistically different. Like we have, we have some. De- we have so good crappy? barbecue here. No, we have good barbecue here. And it, Portland is not a barbecue hotbed. No, but, but we got there's only. There's only few. In but you have between. to have. You have to have a niche, and it's got to have uniqueness and flair to it. Yes, like Matt's barbecue. Mm-hmm. They do tacos, which are amazing. Yeah, fantastic. They are amazing. Yeah. And if you haven't gone, go go. It is really damn good, and but you have it's it's unique. We're, it's not like you're just sitting there like, no, nah, this is this is the the good old southern barbecue. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, pretend like you're in Memphis. Yeah, no, that's the thing. We're not like, doing that. Yeah, no, but you can find good pockets, but you shouldn't be 
touting it like Brooklyn Barbecue did for they tried to. Yeah, it's like no. right before COVID they tried that and it went. Mm-hmm. It looked terrible. Like I said, it's, it's like gentrified barbecue. It's terrible. The uh, speaking of barbecue, are you a are you a mustard barbecue guy? Carolina barbecue. I love a good, yeah, mustard, mustard base, the, the, yeah, or the, Carolina something like vinegar, good tangy vinegar, yeah, vinegar, yes, mustard, yeah. yeah, yep, yeah. I, uh, it's not my preferred. I think it's my preferred now, and I, okay. I, I want to like, I, 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 I redeemed myself on my salsa. I think I need to. I, need, I think I need to make my own barbecue sauce. I'll say with with barbecue, I'll like put if I'm smoking something for a long time, I'll mm. put it on as as like on my base mm. to lock it in. Yeah. Lock and it sweetens up oh, a yeah. ton, but I'm not I'm not a big like normal mustard guy. Like I'll put it on a hot dog. Or whatever, See, I, I, that, I have it like needs it four or five types of mustard in my fridge. But I, I'm not a huge mustard. Mm. I'm not a big mustardman. So I, for a lot of people though, I know Carolina barbecue very popular. Nah, it's making the favorite. That's make, a disgusting sound. Making the hit right now. But that is what I. I, I won't go mustard. <laughs> As a preference, what's what's the, what's the what's the preferred? <laughs> I'm dry rub. I'm dry rub. I'm a dry rub guy. That's it. I can kind of chafe. I heard. <laughs> I was thinking it. You said it. <laughs> I'll let the meat speak for itself. Yeah. <laughs> Drops and chlore. You guys are horrible. Uh, the ex- his extended package. You just put me in a bad mood, yeah. and it's Thursday. <laughs> and it's real early. It's real early. Those sounds. All right. Um, I wish we had barbecue that we could get to right away. Not all moments are created equal. Mm. And I got a question for y'all next on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Come and knock on our door. 11 seconds. You've got 10 Al Michaels on the call. The Miracle on Ice. Do you believe in miracles? 44 years ago today, Miracle on Ice happened. Beat those dumb commies. And I've got a question. Mm. Is that the greatest moment in American sports history? There's, I mean, there are there are a few that come to mind. Miracle on Ice is obviously up there. Mm-hmm. You have... Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier in baseball because uh, they took far too long to do that. You have Hank Aaron breaking the home run record. Mm-hmm. You have... I'd say return to play post-9-11 was pretty nuts. Yeah. Maybe that first pitch. Yeah. George that, W. Bush that was, first pitch. That was nuts. Yeah. 
you have the dream team coming together to taking over flex Barcelona. their muscle Good as the God. as the basketball power after getting embarrassed in previous olympics that might be the best team we've ever seen in any sport in any sport ever yeah and the fact that they lived up to every bit of hype that yeah. they had coming into it. Uh, it's was that it's the opposite of the Miracle on Ice team, where it's like a bunch of kids going up against a bunch of professionals in Russia. This was the best professionals in the world crushing a bunch of amateurs. Yeah. Like, doing what the Russians were supposed to do. That's right. Like, they absolutely stomped on them. I mean, the, the beatings that they put on countries. They, <laughs> and they could have been worse. They stunted on teams. Like, they, they stepped on the brakes. Yeah. Because they were absolutely annihilating teams. But those are the, like those are the ones that that all come to mind off the bat. But the miracle on ice, like all of these two, they have so much more that go into them. Oh, and then how, how about like Jesse Owens winning gold at the Nazi Olympics? Yeah, in I was just thirty six. Yeah, going back and, and giving the double bird to Hitler. That's pretty awesome. That's a pretty good one. But you you think that in all of these like great American moments in American sports history. We're not talking about like Wilt's hundred point game. No, they have far greater meaning. And like the Miracle on Ice, it, ha- it, it when you have in the thick of you know coming the, out of the, the space race, the Cold War. Yeah, you've got your adversary, and you have communism versus capitalism on U.S. soil at Lake Placid in the sport that they pride themselves in winning. And you go and you beat them, and it wasn't like it wasn't even the gold medal game either. No. It was a semifinal game. Yeah, and you well, not only did you beat them, you beat them with kids. You, that you weren't supposed to win with. Yeah, you had no chance of, like, that Russian team was absolutely, that's the team that, on basketball side, when Sabonis took David Robinson and beat him like a redheaded stepchild. That was, that was the, oh, that's what they, that's what they expected. Yeah, that was what was supposed to happen. Was we have dudes that you didn't know, like the the built in the lab Russians, or I shouldn't even say Russians, the Soviet Republic, and we have mutants everywhere, and we're going to destroy you. I will break you, Ivan Drago style, and that didn't happen. And you get the 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 little Mike Ruzioni story. But I, I, if you think about it. I think it is. It probably is our greatest moment in American sports history. The combination of athletic achievement with political—I should say ambitions—the the political ramifications. Of, I mean, that period in time, you, you really only go maybe a couple years further to where you start to see the cooling of the Cold War. So it obviously wasn't the peak of the Cold War because the Cuban no. Missile Crisis, but uh, you. That's the the peak, I think, of media, sports, politics, as it pertained to the intersection in the world. And I think if you look at like all these other great American sports moments, like Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier was, it was because of the ugliness within our own country mm-hmm. that that was so significant, and it it was so awful before and after that. Yeah. That that made the significance of Jackie Robinson in America's pastime, not just breaking the color barrier, but being dominant at the sport as well. Hank Aaron breaking Babe Ruth's all-time home run record. Mm-hmm. That's one that always sticks out to me because we hear the stories of the death threats that he got leading yeah. up to that. The and, two fans circling the bases with him. 
and Craig Sager being at home plate, yeah. you know, like that, like the stories that, that come out of that in how well he was received when he actually did it and seeing that people celebrated Hammer and Hank as the mm-hmm. home run king after when there was, and there was surely there was ugliness that happened oh, after, yeah. but the man was worried for his life and still hitting dingers, still hitting dangers, just over the fence, park them over the fence. Mm-hmm. I mean that that was a great moment in sports because that was at the time an unbreakable record, yeah. and we never talk about Barry Bonds doing it because, well, you know, the juice, <laughs> Man, not the OJ juice. He's still the best of all time. The steroids. Uh, he is a phenomenal baseball player. We, we can we can put that aside. But the dream team was more of like we're just showing people how great we actually are. Yes, and not only that, it it that that level of talent, with the exception of Leitner. Who's added because of the, the the rules they had back then? The the one college guy that they were going to bring along. Every one of those guys is a Hall of Famer, and yeah. not only are they a Hall of Famer, a lot of them are still relatively close to their peaks. Nineteen ninety two, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird are not that far removed from eighty seven, eighty eight, eighty nine. They are not that far removed from their greatness. Michael Jordan is a probably reaching his apex. Clyde Drexler is at his apex. I mean, you, you had dudes on that team that, that were untouchable. Yeah. And they were all there. I just, quantifying that team, I, I don't think you can actually do. But it because they're so overwhelming, I think you kind of have to look at the Miracle on Ice because what's the one thing this country loves more than anything? It's the underdog story. Absolutely. As much as we love the Dream Team and the the way they were like Michael Jackson, I mean, you you look at the coverage of that team going through Barcelona and it's it's unhinged. Well, the funniest thing about that is that John Stockton was the only one who was able to move freely because he looked like every other white dude. <laughs> yeah, people didn't even know he was part Did, of the team. Didn't even know he was part of the team. Like he would get off the bus and get into the crowd, and nobody would notice him. He'd have his little fanny pack and his sunglasses on. He'd just move right through. My, I'm going to power rank him right now. Miracle on Ice is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Vancouver Ford text on Jesse Owens. I think Jesse Owens. Yep. In in the Berlin Olympics in 1936 in Nazi Germany, heading down the path of World War II, and just at knowing that what he was walking into. Mm-hmm performing the way he did, winning. And, you know, like, we like the underdog story. We also like flipping the bird at people, too. Oh, we too. do love that. And then... Especially in their home country. Number three is one I haven't even mentioned yet, but mm. I love this story, is Jim Thorpe winning the decathlon in oh. shoes he found in a garbage can okay. in the 1912 Olympics. Okay. I think they all kind of... It's weird they do come back to Olympics because it is national pride. Yeah, for sure. Um, but... I think those it's three glo- right the there for me. That's it. That that's it because on the global stage, we just went and said, you know, screw y'all. I remember the return to play after nine eleven. Oh, that was uh, oh. that one's a big. That one's one probably for me. number three. That actually that is yeah. number three. I'm moving Thorpe down to yeah. four. That one's big for me, obviously, because I enlisted on nine twelve. So like that two weeks was a whirlwind for me, and I remember just the feeling of sports coming back. Yeah. And just everything that meant. It didn't matter what side of the aisle you were, no matter how much you hated the Yankees or the Mets or didn't care at all. There was just, there was something about that return to play. And then, you know, what was it? Two weeks later, the at Giant Stadium, NFL gets underway. That to me, like the, 
horrific events of 9-11, mm-hmm. that is like going to be seared in my brain. But that week after, where it, literally everybody came together, yeah. and it was like, that was the last time that you can remember, like, the United States all, honestly, everybody pulling in the same direction. Yeah, L- was- literally everybody was pulling in the same direction. Yeah, Bush visits the the World Trade Center site, and the, the flag raises on the rubble, and, you know, that was... This is probably the last time that was like unified national pride, to be honest. I mean, sure that it happens around the Olympics, but and that's why I think that the return to play, even though the the, the moment itself is not that big as it pertains to the sports, but the impact of that, at least for me, was is going to linger for for the rest of my life. That thirty for thirty was incredible too, where you hear George W. Bush saying, you know, he's wearing a bulletproof vest while he was doing it because you know, there were threats of like an assassination attempt mm-hmm. and they thought that that could happen there. And he was just like, I mean, everything I'm was a credible threat at that point in time. I'm going to throw this from the mound yeah. and screw what everybody else is telling me. No, I'm I'm going to throw this ball. And he yeah. just pipes it right down the middle and kind of, <laughs> you know, George W is yeah. it all the way off. Like that was, that was a moment in history, watch man, whether you liked him or not, or hated him. Now watch this drive. That was a moment in history. We can't mm-hmm. all forget. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good. It's a it's a good power rankings yeah. right now. But uh, Miracle on Ice, forty four years ago today, the Miracle on Ice happened, and this goes back to the pretzel of the brain of Jeff Rust. The Winter Olympics semifinal hockey match was played forty four years ago today when spring training is is starting in Major League Baseball. It's spring. The sun's out. It's fake spring. <laughs> You're going with fake ass spring. Fake ass spring. <laughs> <laughs> Sun's out. 503-864-6326. That is the Vancouver Ford text line. Uh, We get out of the All-Star break today. The Blazers back in action, huh? Mm. Starting, or they're they're back tomorrow. Tomorrow gets the Nuggets. But we get uh, the first slate of games coming out. What do we expect in this back half push uh, from the hometown team and the rest of the NBA? Danny and Dusty on the fan. On the fan. And I don't want it. Blazers get underway tomorrow in the unofficial second half push of the regular season. What, 28 games to go for Portland? 28 games. Can't end fast enough. But, wow. Well, you say that, and then we're in May, and you're going, oh, no. Oh, no, what? Oh, no. It's the, the sports, they are disappearing. Well, it's really hard when they're, when you look at 28 games to go and 15 wins is what you're staring down. So, for those uh, that, that have uh, particular interest in... Playoff spot if they go undefeated, maybe. 28 and a half is the line. 28 and a half. They have to win 14 of 28 games. 14 of 28 games to hit the over. Oh, no. Yeah, 14, yeah. So, 15, 15 wins. They have to go 500 to hit the over. And they have the third toughest schedule remaining in the NBA? Is that right? Third through sixth, depending on how you... With rest management rest, taken rest in. Rest advantage and disadvantage and travel. It's, it's it's a tougher schedule down the stretch. Okay. It, 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 they have another two-week road trip in there. 15-day, seven-game road trip. 
Remember how the last one went? <laughs> oh, they had a sixty-two point loss, yeah. a forty what was it, forty-five point loss yeah, in there as well. It was really bad. There's a there were some there's some brutal ones in there. Hey, and they're only two games ahead of the Charlotte Hornets right now too. So they could, you know, hey, things go right here. We could be sliding down to the fourth worst record in the league. And look, I would imagine probably halfway into this, these final 28 games, 14, 15, 16 games. Ooh, some lingering injuries pop up. I I think uh, you might see that happen. (laughs) You can have some hammies getting a little tight. Oh, got some back. Well, I'll tell you right now, Jeremy Grant should probably not play for another couple weeks just because that dude has hit the ground. Like twenty times a game for the past two weeks, and he's like people like when he didn't play like oh they're tanking no they weren't Jeremy was beat to hell kind of feels like that under is the safer play right Ooh, now oh yeah I I'd say it's safe but also I I think we get a month into this and you start seeing Malk's already dealing with the uh, treatment he had on his elbow it's been lingering since the. Last year. And Ashton Hagens converted to a two-way contract yeah. today, which w- that's a little confusing um, because they were get, they're were they getting healthy. Uh, uh, alleged, actually, what you just said and Ashton Hagen, I'm starting to yeah, you drawing add, those dots? Yeah. I'm trying to add everything yeah. together here. Yeah. yeah so, it, and that backcourt. Look, uh, Shaden was at practice yesterday. Look, it's, it's so bad injury-wise. Chauncey Billups showed up to practice yesterday in a, in a cast. Yeah, he's been hanging out with you too much, right? This is the this yeah this is the Danny mm-hmm. this is the Danny Bump he's getting right yeah. now. What happened to Chauncey? He's in a sling with his in his left arm. So he's had a uh, a torn ligament in his wrist since he said 2009. Holy smokes! So he braced himself on a fall when he was playing, and he's been dealing with it. And he was supposed to have it done a long time ago. 15 years? Yeah, and then he was going to do it last year, and then something came up, and he decided to screw it during the break. Because he's he's only going to be in the cast for, I, th- I think he said, like a week. It was It's a very short week or two. It was a short time with the cast. Um, but he's got into the sling, he said, to, to keep these knuckleheads um, from... From bumping into from him? From bumping into him, like, hey, be aware of it kind of a deal. Um, and they were giving him crap about being old, which was great. Um but yeah, you know, he was he was pretty, you know, nonchalant about it. But yeah, it's, I mean, literally everyone's having surgery now. So twenty eight games, fifteen and thirty nine. You've got two more that will be at home than on the road. Yes. But a fifteen day road trip is in this. Yeah, I think we're I think we're looking at that under. I think we're looking at that under. I would say so. I think the thing that you're you're looking for really down the stretch is how how can how can Scoot close the season? Yeah, what is the next step in development? Because I saw that there was a lot of uh I, I don't know, was it Second Spectrum that was releasing all their rookie numbers and they had like it was actually pretty impressive. Like Scoot is the fourth leading scorer of all rookies right now in points per game. Tamani Kamara is tied for second with the Sewer Thompson and steals mm-hmm. only behind Victor Wimbenyama. Yeah. You like there's a, in the with the way the rookie numbers all the coming round out of the stuff, All-Star break are actually doing really good. No, all the second round stuff Tamani pretty much dominates. I think he's leading in rebounds, leading in steals, leading in for I, second round for picks. Second round picks, yeah. Um Scoot not is, a lot of them are playing. No, but it's, it's like that's the thing is like he's He's shining. Uh, second round picks are flyers. That's what people don't understand. Second round picks aren't supposed to make the NBA. So that when is true. You, so when you do, it's a success. When you you do and you're productive, it's great. When you do and you're an MVP, it's super useful, i.e. Nikola yeah. Jokic. Yeah. Who got drafted I, during a Quesarito commercial. 
I'm interested in like outside of the Blazers though. The second half push, there's a lot of intrigue to how this season is going to shape up because you have teams like the Cleveland Cavaliers, which you were very high on them last year. You were saying, mm-hmm. man, it's coming with them. Just wait. Yep. They have quietly just vaulted themselves up into second in the East. Best team in basketball the last two months. And they were red hot going to the break. That's the one team that did not want to see the All-Star break. Yep. They come out of the break, and tonight they got Orlando. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be a, a really interesting matchup because Orlando is a team that they, big. they are long as all get out. What they have, they have like 12 guys on their roster that are over 6'7". Yeah, they're super big. Holy crap. Yeah. They don't have a lot of shooters. No. Actually, they, 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 don't, they don't have really any except for Joe Ingles. Who... As a team, they have, Blaze are great, Joe Ingles. Yeah. As a team, they average fewer three-point attempts than Steph Curry. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. What did you say it was? 11? Uh, 11? The, yes, the Orlando Magic averaged 10.9 attempts from three per game, and Steph averages 12. <laughs> Are they that low on three-point attempts? <laughs> Russ told me that yesterday, and I was like, you've got to be kidding me, man. I they were low, but... Or is that... M- Makes. 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 Yeah, that's got to be yeah. makes. 10.9 10, okay, makes. Okay, well, then the tweet I saw. Yeah, I, in I, I, Steph I, averages 11. I no, he that. doesn't average 11 makes. It's he averages 11, 11 attempts. attempts. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Well, I, we either go. I misread it or they mistweeted, but yeah, it said 10 point. I thought it said 10.9 I was 10. like, 9 there's 10 no way they're only taking 11. Yeah, they're taking 31.3, which um, in is in only 27th making, in the league. In only making 11? Yeah, they're under 35% as a team. Yikes. No, they're not the worst. They're not the worst. The Spurs are the worst, but the Magic are second worst. Yikes! But Blazers are twenty fifth in in that team. It was interesting to see why they why they were relatively stagnant near the trade deadline that and didn't make any moves team, at all. That was the one team that I was talking to executives around the league that everybody kind of was like, Orlando didn't make a move, huh? Because a month ago, or I should say, a month before the deadline, it was pretty good chance that Wendell Carter Jr. was going to be moved. Then Batadze got dinged up, and Wendell started playing well, and the Magic were kind of going through some stuff. And there's been some stuff behind the scenes that I've heard that there's a chance that Jamal Mosley could be fired. Like it was just like, what the hell is going on down there? Because that team has been banged up, and they have, if not the easiest, it's like the second easiest schedule down the stretch. They could go on an absolute tear down the stretch and rise up the the standings if they get healthy. You also have the Knicks and 76ers tonight. Which Speaking are two, of getting healthy, there's nobody playing in those games. Two teams that have just cratered into the side of the mountain. Good God. Knicks lost four in a row, and everybody is hurt. And the obviously the 76ers without Joel Embiid are a shell of, of themselves. And then you have in the West, you have Suns Mavs tonight, which... That's got a ton of intrigue, too, because... Those two teams hate each other, and God, do I love it. They hate each other, but... They're both playing really good basketball the, the, the coming Mavs out won, of the All-Star Mavs break. Mavs won six in a row going into the All-Star break. The, I want to go back to the Knicks real quick. Here's your out uh, for the game. Mitchell Robinson, OG Ananobi, Julius Randle, Bojan Bogdanovic, Isaiah Hartenstein. Yowzas. That's a starting lineup. Yowzas. Like, that's, they are they are beat to hell right now because OG's recovering from the uh, elbow surgery. Hart was injured going into the, the uh, All-Star break. I, Everybody was banged up. And that Knicks team, if they can get healthy, if they can get Mitchell Robinson back, get OG Ananobi back, they are they can throw a real wrench into the playoffs because they are 11 deep. 
which you don't go in the playoffs, but the fact that you have those options, like it's not like, well, if you squint, it's an option. It's like, no, they have 11 dudes if when, when healthy. Hear me out on this. Hmm. Is this actually a good thing for the Knicks that this is happening right now? Because the adversity and testing? No. No. Oh. Because Tom Thibodeau's history as a coach oh, is he runs is he runs minutes. his guys into the ground during the regular season <laughs> and they are just burnt out when it comes postseason <laughs> time. I mean, think okay. of that. They, this keeps them. This is how you keep Tibbs from absolutely beating the hell out of OG and Mitchell Robinson. You you absolutely just run them into the ground far too early because OG's been played. I think he's averaged like forty one minutes with the Knicks. It's insane. You literally hurt them and yeah. then tread water for as long as you can, and then get they got back. depth. You get back and you're looking at in a month or so. They're not going to fall completely out of this race, especially in the Eastern Conference. And you can sit there and say, all right, we make that push now with not 41 minutes over 82 games, which Tibbs loves to do with his guys. He does love his guys. There's no doubt about that. No, it's, it's going to be really interesting when to see Julius how Julius Randle back? He's supposed to be reevaluated today. Okay. So I believe today was the day. Um, who Randall, for those that aren't aware, had a separated shoulder, and it was not a guarantee that he was coming back. Like this is now he's been out for three weeks now, three weeks, four weeks, four weeks now. Um, and this was the reevaluation day. So if we don't hear anything today, I'd imagine it's a Friday afternoon news dump. Julius Randall's out for the season after having season ending shoulder surgery. Yikes. That's how I'd expect Yikes. this to go. And then uh, my game of the night, league pass game of the night, has mm. got to be Clippers Thunder. In oh, OKC. yeah. Two, there's there's a the- budding rivalry going there, too. It's, but I mean, of course, Doc Rivers. He 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 knew. He tried to tell Kawhi Leonard. Why is Doc was, still doing interviews right now? I have no idea. He he did like a media blitz, and he went full LeBron James of like, I knew, I knew, I see, I knew. And it's like you're kidding. Shut up and coach. He knew about SGA. Yeah, and he, he tried to he tried, tried to warn Paul George. No, tried to warn, tell Kawhi Leonard that you shouldn't ask for SGA to be traded so you can get Paul George here. Uh-huh. Uh God bless his heart. Bless his heart. He tried. But uh, a win for Clippers, and they flip-flop with the Oklahoma City Thunder in game one coming out of the it's All-Star It's going to be tight. It's that, good. This that, is going to be a fun race, man. That race. I just wish Portland was a part of it. Yeah, I mean, give it a couple years. What's going to be interesting is uh, where does Denver finish in all of this? Because their starting lineup when healthy has been nails. Absolutely disgusting. When they are missing somebody... And I, I'm not talking Jokic. I mean, I'm talking literally anyone else. They are struggling. They are they lost depth, and they don't have guys they can truly count on, particularly as ball handlers. And as great as Jokic is, I wonder where they end up in seeding. And all all of a sudden, seeding they like, seem fifth. They seem like fourth, fifth. fifth. And that, that's, that's the thing is like remember what the advantage is of being in Denver. And if they lose that home court advantage down the stretch, they have a coin toss according to ESPN's what is their 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 BPI to end up fourth. So basically it's a coin toss of fourth for them. And Denver, uh, they got the 23rd toughest schedule remaining. Which, yeah, it's good for them. It's really good for them, but they also have three against the Timberwolves, and they have two against... Here's their problem is they got two against the Suns, which they're going to be jockeying for that positioning with, with, Mm -hmm. and they have one against the Clippers remaining still, so... There's a lot of games. So a big that old chunk against teams that are matter. that are fighting with you. Yeah. Oh boy, that's going to be a fascinating one because mm-hmm. they lose home court. 
that is death sentence for a team like the Denver Nuggets, who's shorthanded in that elevation. We saw the elevation matter in it, the playoffs yeah, every it, year. It, it killed us last year. So it's going to be interesting how they manage their seeding versus the their health. All right. Uh, we've got a signing in the NFL that is a bit of a surprise, but the rich get richer next on the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. Kansas City Chiefs, after back-to-back Super Bowls, have signed Matt Areza today. He is the former punter from San Diego State, six-round pick by the Buffalo Bills, Ray Guy Award winner in 2021, and a guy that... uh, his career has yet to get going because after being drafted by the Buffalo Bills in 2022, he was um, alleged a participant in a gang rape in a civil lawsuit. Again, this happened in 2022. No criminal charges were filed by San Diego County uh, prosecutors because they said they didn't have any evidence to support the filing of criminal charges against anybody. Um, despite the fact that a 17-year-old girl said that she was gang-raped by Reza and two other teammates at San Diego State. Mm-hmm. And so she filed a civil lawsuit against Reza, which was ultimately dropped as well. And Reza didn't play last year or the year before, his mm-hmm. first two years. Um, in, 20, in December of this past year, though, they had both agreed to drop each of their lawsuits because he countersued her for defamation. And um, she, the agreement was, if you drop yours, I'll drop mine. And they did it. And now Matareza is going to be a Kansas City chief. Which, if what we now know is that he was not around while that took place, I don't he, know if I would have dropped mine. He apparently left 30 minutes before... Um, there was videos shot of the alleged incident happening, which that's odd to me that you can't like press charges. You have insufficient evidence and there's videos of it, but But it became a, he said, she said situation. But also if there's video and yeah, but what happened? How, why would you drop the defamation? Absolutely. That's what I'm like, because he, he lost millions. He did. And his he lost and two his, years of his career, and his character was assassinated for two years. Quite literally, the definition of defamation yeah. of character. <laughs> so, I kind of maybe, maybe you're just so tired of it, you just want it to go away. Yeah, and the the Chiefs just said, "All right, um, we've seen all things cleared. We're going to bring him back in." And like this is this case and the Trevor Bauer case are the two most recent ones. Of- Let the legal system play out. People going and rushing to because it was it was overwhelming, and Bauer's not going to get another shot. No, he's not going to get another shot. No, well, didn't another lawsuit pop up on on Bowers not too long ago too? I, I didn't know. Yeah, um, but I think that that one went away relatively quickly as well. But it's it's one of these things where Matareza getting his second chance two years after the fact is something that, uh, look, I I applaud the Chiefs for doing it. I don't know Matt Areza. I don't know what kind of person he is. But in this instance and in this case, dude didn't do anything. No. Um, Against the law, I should no. say. But 
it's, Matt Arisa, now Kansas City Chiefs, oh, and it is a team that has built up obviously enough goodwill with their fan. Base they have to the be political like, capital we'll to spend it. on doing this, and again, this is he's a great punter. Yeah, so they are able to spend a little bit of political capital. They call him the punk guy. Yeah, and Chiefs get better again. They do. It's it's weird to talk about this because there's no easy way to talk about this stuff, but this is why you let the legal action run its course. Yeah. As long as it may take. Because when we talked about this, we, the way we framed it was, if this stuff is true, he can't he, he can't, can't be play. out there. It's no, like, this is... And I understand, you know, suspending the guy by a league, which you've got, you can't have those guys on the field if this is the case and in this is going on and happening. But then you also look at what the NBA is allowing to happen with Miles Bridges and his situation yeah. in Charlotte. So. Where, you know, they, that guy was convicted yep latest charges were dropped but oh. he he was he was convicted of, of domestic violence yes yeah and Ple- he's at- the legal term is pled no contest yeah and not every felony is created equally yeah. so <laughs> but there's a there it is a problem and I, I don't see the issue with suspend the guy let the facts come out then you on. can bring him on yeah yeah but he is now a kansas city chief we have a voice of change in college football. And I don't think he should be the only one. Next on The Fan.